Hey everybody, it's me, Panicky in the UK here. Welcome to part four of our It's the Future, I've Tasted It slash the Future of Food mini-series, and this time we're talking about eating insects. Um, just a couple of quick pieces of housekeeping on this one. The last couple of episodes went out slightly out of order, so when we talk about the last episode in this one, we're actually talking about the one that went out as episode two. And the other thing is that this and the next couple of episodes were recorded on Clean Feed, and it was the free version of Clean Feed, which does not have multi-track recording. I actually think that the sound quality on this is perfectly good, but if you do notice any difference in the sound quality compared to the previous episodes, then that's why. Otherwise, enjoy. Okay. talking about insects as a protein source yum 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 (laughs) indeed Uh, (laughs) so yeah would you eat it me personally as Mm. a vegetarian i was thinking about this because it's ethically some people i can imagine will see it as being vegetarian in a similar way to people see eating fish as vegetarian Mm. but I, i i don't think i can but I don't know whether I, w- I don't know whether that's the vegetarian in me or the squeamishness because it's eating bugs. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's quite hard to separate that. <laughs> definitely, and that's something that I've given a lot of thought to. And first of all, I want to say I was also thinking of it as being squeamishness. But mm. the more I thought about it, the more I was like, no, actually, it's a really ingrained cultural taboo in the West. Mm not to eat insects and it's like yeah of course that's going to be a hard thing for us to overcome and then doubly hard if we're vegetarians and we're maybe on the fence about the ethical side of it but I think you know even even as a western person if you eat meat you're still gonna have this taboo and I think that's rather than like beating ourselves up about the fact that we do have this cultural taboo I think we just accept that and maybe it's something that we try to get past maybe it isn't but you know just like you know, we go easy on ourselves. It's it's something we've been taught from childhood to think of as being gross and like unclean and unhealthy and dirty. And even though intellectually mm. we might know that isn't true, it's still hard not to, you know, to get that really kind of ingrained in, in the way that you think about it. In terms of the vegetarian thing, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know if it's the taboo thing or if it's the vegetarian thing for me. I like Mm. the fact that I can use vegetarianism as an excuse. (laughs) I I think that's what I was thinking as well. Like, I think it probably is the squeamishness thing, but I kind Mm. of just, well, I don't need to think about this because it's not vegetarian. I don't really need to consider it. Mm. So I, I kind of didn't take my head there. But I have found it really interesting quite how extensive eating insects is across the world. Like, we are the minority in the West for not eating them, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's something like 80% of countries regularly eat insects and some form of delicacy. That is really interesting. Mm, um, huge huge numbers that yeah that's that's higher than i expected i mean in like the course of looking at stuff even on the pop culture side obviously and like mm. i was just aware that insects were regularly eaten in certain cultures but that's way more widespread than i would have guessed mm, it's, it's pretty huge 
And it was quite interesting as well. Some research seems to be suggesting, trying to find a way to make it more appealing to Mm. Western consumers by trying to compare insects to typical kind of Western foods. And so I kind of found this list of comparisons. So, for example, if you eat, I could be pronouncing this totally wrong, but agave worm larvae. So Mm -hmm. apparently they have an aroma of kidney beans and then you've got tree hoppers, which apparently smell like a mix of avocado and fried courgette. Mm. And then something called stink bugs, which, oh my goodness, are crying out for better (laughs) branding. So these are traditionally consumed in South Africa. Yeah, I have heard of stink bugs, actually. (laughs) But you wouldn't want to eat them, though. (laughs) I mean, no, not at the top of my list, I'll admit. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess that's interesting because the first thing I would think of to say is, like, aren't shrimps and prawns basically insects? Am I wrong? I mean, they're invertebrates, right? I did read something about this, and I I can't remember exactly how they are, but somebody definitely said eating insects is a bit like eating prawns, and they're very similar genetically yeah absolutely so that was my understanding is that prawns are basically insects of the sea yeah sea insects (laughs) yeah absolutely i remember one of my friends actually really insistently trying to get me to eat a prawn i can't remember why and i I was kind of like i'm a vegetarian i don't know why you want me to do this i'm kind of like i just want to know if you like it and i think in the (laughs) end i gave into peer pressure and actually did it Uh, Um, yeah i think so um I don't remember having strong feelings about it. And actually, now that I think about it, maybe I didn't. Maybe I just imagined it. I feel like I can remember the taste of it when I think back, but I can't remember, like, the texture, really. Uh, Unless it was... I don't know. It was so long ago. Honestly, I can't. I can't like pass out what's reality and what's imagination at this stage. I, I remember I used to quite like scampi before I became vegetarian. Mm. One of the few fishy type foods that I like. I have to tell you as well before we move on from kind of flavors. Oh, one yeah. of my favorite comparisons that I found was apparently termites have a pineapple flavor, but the termite what? queen has a sweet and creamy flavour, like condensed milk. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that the Queen tastes like condensed milk, but yeah. the rest of them just taste like pineapples. <laughs> that's both. I mean, both of those are bizarre. I would both love to know like, why that would be. Mm. But that's, yeah. that's why I'm not quite sure about it, because you'd, you'd think the same species would have a similar flavour. Well, I suppose, I suppose so. I, I but... guess, knowing nothing about meat, I suppose different parts of one animal have different flavours, do they? Yeah, I don't I know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would assume yeah. so. Yeah, like Maybe liver tastes different here. from like foot or whatever. And, like haggis, right? Haggis. <laughs> I've had vegan haggis. It's pretty good. Oh, have you? Really? I have. It was nice. Yeah, it was basically mm. just like a nut roast, you know. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But uh, I'm sorry if you can hear some interference, by the way, because my ferrets are crawling all over the microphone. <laughs> yes, they're being bad. Oh, they're the worst recording. They're being bad. Oh. Are you right, crazy? Right, jump into some questions? Let's jump into some questions. All okay. right, hit me. So, so I kind of started off by kind of looking at the, the obvious things. Why, why are we interested in insect food with the food production industry needing to produce sufficient food to sustain our 7 billion and growing strong population? along with increased demand and the challenges of mitigation food industry's contribution of 25% global greenhouse gas emissions, as we discussed in a previous episode, alongside providing humanity with a nutritious sustenance, avoiding preventable maladies and so on. So that has framed my (laughs) research today. Mm. But 
every time I do research for this podcast, I just end up going down so many different trails. That's <laughs> research, baby. I mean, oh. I'm I'm preparing my dissertation proposal right now, and oh my god, it's so much. I just always feel like I'm just touching the surface. Yeah, and like I spent a good few hours on this today, and still I just felt like. Just just touching the surface. Well, anyway. you know, maybe we'll come back to some of this stuff in our wrap-up episode and uh, mm. add anything that we feel was uh, missed out. Um, That's a good idea. Uh, oh, yes. Um, I was going to say, there's been some new legislation, I think, relatively recently in the EU. Did you uh, find anything about that? I, d- I have a vague... Mm, not specifically, about insects. Yeah, I believe something came in... Um, possibly earlier this year that was um like a some kind of new legislation across the eu but i can't remember the details of it so if you didn't come across it it's fine we'll just skip no, that I kind of didn't didn't get that way hey it's panicky again so i'm not 100 percent sure what piece of legislation I was talking about here for definite, but according to a website called IPIFF.org, Promoting Insects for Human Consumption and Animal Feed, IPIFF doesn't stand for that, so... Oh, International Platform of Insects for Food and Feed. Sorry, I just needed to scroll down. Anyway, according to their website... There was a piece of legislation or a vote in April of 2021 where the EU member states voted positively on the authorization of insect processed animal proteins, brackets, PAPs, in poultry and pig feed. This proposal represents a relevant milestone for the European insect sector as it marks one of the key steps in the authorization process. In line with the EU procedures, the entry into force of this proposal took place on the 7th of September 2021. So I think that's what I was talking about. And actually, there was a recent news article which I tweeted out on our Twitter feed, which was about Morrisons using mealworms to feed their chickens that produce the eggs and the mealworms are fed on the food waste produced by Morrison stores which is pretty cool they don't sponsor us Uh, I just thought that was a fun bit of news anyway back to the episode yeah moving on it's all good question one yes (laughs) so which is the odd one out so the following are terms relating to different types of feeding behaviors Mm -hmm. so number one and again i could be pronouncing these wrong so anyone knows that's listening and knows better than me i'm sorry (laughs) so ophiophagy ophiophagy uh-huh aneurophagy aneurophagy myrmecophagy wow okay or vermivory vermivory which is the odd one out so I would, okay, I'm going to guess right now that the first one is eating like offal, like um, guts and stuff. The second one is eating brains. The third one, I don't know. And the fourth one is eating worms. So, oh man, um, I'm going to go for the third one because I don't have a guess unless it's eating mermaids. (laughs) It's not eating mermaids, I can tell you that. Okay. You're going for three? Uh, yeah whatever annoyingly you're right but for (laughs) all the wrong reasons (laughs) hooray so ophiophagy is eating snakes okay aneurophagy is eating frogs oh 
<laughs> Myrmecophagy is eating ants or termites, so the only kind of insect you want, and ver vermivory is eating worms. Um, so your, th your logic was wrong, but you were right, so oh well done. Oh my god. So, so why, okay, I, the reason I thought, okay, so the first one was off if, off... Ophiophagy. Ophiophagy. O-P-H-I-O. Okay. I was thinking that it might have, and now that I'm thinking back on this, in retrospect, it doesn't really make <laughs> sense, but I was thinking it was like awful, like O-double-F. Yeah, yeah. Which, neuro, like, neuro. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Or like an aneurysm. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see your logic. Maybe if, I'd, I, maybe if, if I saw them, them written down, it. yeah. But still, I got it right anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe for the next season we can we can not do quizzes because I, I seem to always lose. <laughs> no, I like the quizzes. <laughs> um, so all the terminology that's used in feeding behaviour seems to be related to either vorus, which is from Latin vorare, I think, mm -hmm. which is to devour, or phage, phagi, phagus, which is from the Greek to eat. Yeah. Um, and entomophagy is the eating of insects yes um, i actually came across that mm. in my own research so i'm glad that you didn't make that a question <laughs> <laughs> yes that, that would have been too easy then for you um and yeah as we we're just talking about before it's it's really common across the globe which i i was quite surprised in um so either as delicacies or parts of daily food stuff um and insect consumption has been recorded like on paint in cave walls from thousands and thousands of years ago and is also kind of scattered across all sorts of religious texts and mm. even even proven by dental records in hominids from the cradle of humankind so like thousands of years ago they're t looking at the dental records they can work out that people ate termites <laughs> which yeah I, I mean it makes God sense though right that. i mean why wouldn't they especially if you're if you have like a huge amount of food insecurity you're nomadic you're mm. you know expending a ton of energy to get food every day of course you're going to take advantage of every protein source and every food source that's available to you mm. you know it totally makes sense but when you think of hunter gatherers like if you think back far enough you're thinking gathering fruit and nuts or at least this is what i was thinking and then hunting being very much hunting big mammals yeah definitely <laughs> didn't really occur to me that insects were such a key part but i think you know i think that's the whole like hunter gatherer paradigm has been very like has been made so much of uh, by you know the whole kind of desmond morris evolutionary psychology set whereas actually yeah like a huge proportion of that would have been plant-based a lot of it would have been insects it would have really varied from region to region i think that like the idea that we have in our head of what pre-agricultural society looked like is maybe kind of limited and a little mm. bit outdated a lot of the time but uh, i think what's interesting actually what's surprising when you really drill down is that we don't eat insects. And by mm. we, I mean, like, to people living in, you know, Western Europe. So I read a little bit about that, and there seems to be a few theories, but the main one I found is the eating of insects seems to radiate out from the tropics, mm. where, A, there tend to be bigger insects, more insects, more abundant insects, and it's just a better environment for their growth, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. So it kind of makes sense, but it, my understanding is in China it's quite common as well, which is a, is a more temperate climate. Mm. So, it, But then I think that the might be to do with food security as well. True, right, yeah, yeah. that would make sense. Right, question two. Mm -hmm. um, so, talking about um, the eating of insects within religious texts, um, the following is from, uh, what's it from, Mark... 
one six i don't know how you i have a religious question as well so this is interesting so we've we've each decided that religion comes under our purview but mine it sounds like it's going to be a little bit different so yeah see i kind of came across it as a sort of well i can't imagine there's that much maybe it's going to be the same i kind of came through a sort of historic perspective because a lot of the research i was reading kind of had a background of the historic and cultural consumption of insects so that's how i came across it Um, so the following statement or quote and john was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins and he did eat what and wild honey (laughs) do you know without me giving you the options do uh, did you read it no i didn't read it all right so a locusts b catty did don't know if i'm pronouncing that right c cricket or d grasshopper Oh, okay. So this is interesting because there is a little bit of crossover with my question. So I might have to... Maybe I'll get it right. (laughs) Maybe. I might have to improvise a new... No, you have to keep the same... Oh my God. You have to keep the same question. Uh, Okay. I would have had to keep the same question if it was the other way around. Uh All right. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay. I am going to make an educated guess... Well, now this is interesting, isn't it? Because locust and grasshopper, I think that's... I'm, I'm not sure that they're actually different. I think that it's just two different ways of referring to a similar kind of group of species. And it was catadid... And what was the other one? Um, cricket. Cricket. Uh, hmm. Do you know what my favourite insect is? I don't. Praying mantises. I think they're so cool. They look so much fun. They are cool. Uh, I think yeah, they're quite vicious, they're... actually. Are they? They're my favourite insect. <laughs> I think they're quite popular pets amongst insect people, aren't they? People who like insects. I can imagine. Um, speaking of insects as pets, oh my god, I saw a really cool video. I swear I'm not stalling. <laughs> I saw a really cool video of um, a colony of mealworms being fed various like fruits and vegetables. Oh, really? um, yeah, it was really cool, and they just like devour the whole thing. And it made me yeah. actually want to get mealworms. And then I was like, what would really? I do with mealworms if I had them? Would I have ferrets eat them. They would. Um, I have in the past bought like dried mealworms for them to eat and they have eaten them, but they haven't seemed to really enjoy them. So I stopped doing it. I wouldn't feed them live ones, so I'd have to kill them first. And I don't know if I could quite bring myself to do that. But um... mm, yeah, I don't think I could do that. Like I, I quite like snakes and mm. or the idea of having or, or reptiles. Although I must admit, I do wonder where the, the cages you tend to have to keep reptiles in they always look a bit small yeah but I, I just don't i couldn't i couldn't feed them live insects i just don't think i could bring myself to do it oh yeah i would really struggle or mice or whatever else they eat yeah for sure yeah. anyway question uh, i used to have um worm compost though um and i really enjoyed feeding stuff to the worms okay the question oh my god i literally have no idea ah locust i'll be so annoyed oh for god's sake yes you're right <laughs> Ah. you're just really lucky okay well there's like i said there's a little bit of crossover with my question which may be a clue and you might already know it anyway but that kind of helped me a little bit okay um so the other three insects so um locust was so it was and john was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins and he did eat locusts with wild honey the other three according to the bible are edible insects that you're allowed to eat and everything else will make you unclean until evening and you must wash your clothes. So, that's okay, <laughs> you're, you're going to get my question right then. Yes! All right. Um, I also came across a Hindu text that was part of the same thing, which was mm-hmm. a little bit off topic, I suppose, but it said, um, they who are ignorant through wicked 
and haughty kill animals without feelings or remorse or fear of punishment. In their next lives, such sinful persons will be eaten by the same creature they have killed. And when you think about that in terms of eating insects, that's really scary. <laughs> run it yeah. by me. Run it. Run it by me one more time. So it's essentially saying that if you eat, kill animals um, without feeling or remorse, um, in your next life you will be eaten by the same creature that you killed. Oh, but if you feel remorse, it's okay, right? I don't know if that makes it okay. Well, not okay, but I guess like, this is you where won't be eaten by them. You... It's just because mm. when I was five, I did kill a spider, and I have felt absolutely terrible about it ever since. I still think about it. Oh, I always feel so bad when I accidentally stand on a snail. Oh, I know. I but that's accidental, right? They're not going to eat you for that. Oh, that's, that's true, yeah, no. Oh, speaking of of snails, I was just thinking, we don't really think about, like, we've been talking about insect eating in, like, Asia and Africa and everything. Mm. We haven't mentioned escargot. No, I was, I should have looked at this, actually, because I'm not, I'm not totally sure whether, are snails an insect? Technically, they're they're mollusks, right? So, they're they're invertebrates, but they're not insects, I think. Because insects have six legs. I do, there does feel like a similarity in For terms sure. of the, the way I would look at it, I guess from a very Western perspective, I suppose. They, they seem pretty similar to me. Like if you'd eat a snail, surely you'd eat a cricket. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's not fair, I don't know. You wouldn't eat a snail. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe that should be the podcast name. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. Anyway, yes. Um, so, next question. According to a 2017 study there are at least how many species of edible insect a 875 b 1250 c 1560 or d 2140 i'm gonna go for the highest number because there are so many species of insects like i would i mean there are just so many they're like the most the most populous animal on the planet or whatever. I'm probably using the wrong terminology there, but like there are tons of insects and we're discovering new insect species all the time. I think it's got to be a really high number. So I'm going to go for the last one. Yes, you're right. (laughs) Three out of three so far. Yes. So there's currently, you're pretty much guaranteed to get at least one of mine. Oh, good. So I can at least not get zero points. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, Insects make up about 80% of the animal kingdom, um, and there's currently over 2,140 species of edible insect that we know of, but many of these are still relatively unexplored. Yeah, I mean, I I was going to say I think that's low. I bet there's Mm, way more. Yeah. Um, The most commonly consumed ones are beetles, caterpillars, and uh, I think it's pronounced Hymenoptera or something, which Mm. is bees, wasps, and ants. Uh, Okay. Which must... Wasps and... Well, all, all of those, actually, I'd be a bit nervous about eating. I know they're fairly Because of the popular, sting, yeah. You'd you think, ooh, 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 sting. <laughs> yeah, maybe the cooking, like, neutralises the venom or something. Mm, there the, the must be a way that it's done, otherwise they wouldn't eat them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, question four. Uh-huh. Um, the first recorded case of entomophagy dated back to around 30,000 to 9,000 BC, which I must admit seems like a fairly wide bracket there. Yeah. Um, one of the most well-known examples of these kind of recorded cases and depictions in cave paintings are those that are in the Aranya Caves in Valencia. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do they depict? A. Moths and termite nests. B. Caterpillars and butterflies. C. Honeycomb and bees nests. Or D. Spiders and soldier flies. Hmm. 
Now, if if it were honeycomb and bees' nests, then I would think that's not necessarily evidence of entomophagy because you might just think they were eating the honey. So I'm going to rule that one out. Um, I'm going to go for B, the cap- caterpillars and butterflies, right? That was it? Yep, caterpillars yep. and butterflies. But no, it's wrong. It is honeycomb uh, and bees' nests. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know whether whether it is proof of entomophagy or not, but it was mentioned as one. Um, and it's definitely one of the most famous cave paintings depicting these sorts of things. And it's a really beautiful picture. You should have a look at it. And I suppose, so. is consuming honey an offshoot of entomophagy? Mm, that's an interesting Perhaps. Question. Yeah. And mm. <laughs> beyond the scope of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's... Well, it's, it's the vegetarian version of... Yeah, it's it, like it's honey like is to be exactly yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we know we what know, we mean. We know what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, right. This isn't a question, but I'm going to share it anyway because okay. I don't have any questions really about the environmental benefits, but I think it's very critical for given that that's part of the reason why we're looking at insects altogether. For sure. Um, so insect farming is supposedly minimal impact on the environment so for example to produce one kilogram of bug protein um it would use less than one liter of water less than two kilograms of feed whereas to produce one kilogram of beef you'd need twenty-two thousand liters of water 10 kilograms of feed um, wow something is more more land and there's more emissions and yeah apparently insects are pretty polite and so they <laughs> they produce minimal greenhouse gas emissions but i did read some conflicting research on that which was saying that if you were to fully farm insects in the way that we currently farm other animals, then there might be very specific breeds that might work in certain climates, but for a lot of the time you'd end up needing like heated. Oh, uh, <laughs> of course. Yes, that makes sense. Houses and stuff so like that, you would though. need to heat it or you would need to add a lot of food miles. Mm, all that kind of thing. And hmm. therefore, if you did it on a large scale, might it counteract some of those benefits? Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't go into any deeper than that, but maybe it's not quite as clear cut as we'd like to think it is. Interesting. But it would still, I mean, a lot of the places where there's a lot of food insecurity are places where they culturally do eat insects already. So mm. um, I, I, I don't found know. it interesting as well that in some of the places where they are eating insects as a daily habit anyway they will often choose insects when even if they've got readily available beef and other other meats they will still choose the insects which i guess just goes to show that they really do taste nice because otherwise (laughs) otherwise people wouldn't be choosing them right (laughs) i guess i mean honestly i would eat pretty much anything before i'd eat beef but that's me Hmm. beef just i mean you know like if you're in a restaurant and somebody near you orders beef to me it just smells like dog food like i can't get past that which makes sense, right? Because dog food tends to be made of a lot of beef. But like that, I I can't. It's like if I smell tuna. I mean, I think it smells like cat food. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've always found tuna super gross. Anyway, but yeah, like those two in particular, I find really off-putting just because they remind me so much of of pet food. When you're saying though, would, you'd, beef would be the last thing you'd eat. I don't. Oh, would I? I think I probably would eat beef after after insects but again i don't i don't know why why would it if they're they're both animals why would i feel more strongly towards one than the other well i mean insects are invertebrates so there's an argument that maybe they're less likely to feel pain and possibly they are less intelligent as well i mean maybe not in the case of like bees and other um hive uh, insects but you know I i feel like i don't have the same empathy 
And yeah, absolutely. Really, but there's not really a logical reason for that. I mean, there's probably well, biological reasons. Like I think, yeah, happy, exactly. But, I think there but, are biological reasons that we're more likely to empathise with mammals than we are with, yeah, with like fish or birds. But I think the further away from us on the tree of life something is, the less likely we are to empathise with it. So mm. I think that makes sense. I read a little bit on kind of the ethics of insect farming and eating insects. And currently, although, like you said, it might have changed from what you were saying earlier, but mm. the legislation on animal protection is, is kind of divided into two types. So those that consider only sentient animals, like you were just saying, and biocentric, which concerns all animals and what I read was that the European legislation um, is based on these Bramble's five freedoms, hmm. um, which includes freedom from hu- hunger and thirst, freedom from discomfort, freedom from pain, injury and disease, and freedom to express normal behaviour, and freedom from fear and stress. Mm-hmm. And according to scientific opinion back in 2015, general animal health and welfare regulations should also apply to insects, but I'm not well, maybe it is in place now, but it wasn't <laughs> maybe last year then. Yeah. We need to find out what that new, new I, legislation is. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that those needs are much more easily met in insects than they are in a lot of other animals because they require much less space, much less food, etc. Train. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether to mention it or not, but let's break the fourth wall. There's a train. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, I suppose it's interesting, that isn't it? Because mm, I get—I I assume scientists would know whether they're comfortable and free from fear. Well, or I is don't it harder know. To know. I think. I think. First of all, it probably is harder to know. I think. Second of all, there has to be funding for research to determine yeah. that, and I don't yeah, know whether point. there's been like enough reason to enough perceived reason to fund that kind of research. Hmm. I mean, there's still a lot we don't know about women's bodies because a lot of the research that's been funded has focused on on men's health. So I think insects are probably a little bit further down the list than women, although who knows? Um, (laughs) Let's hope so. Yeah. Mm, yeah I, I think that it, that'll be quite a complex one because mm. I, I think it would be difficult to know and it would probably be easy to or at this point it would probably be easy to argue both sides because you don't a if we don't know it's harder to tell although i suppose there'll be people watching their normal behavior wouldn't they so if you're not, they're not yeah i think you could behavior, i think you could probably determine whether normal behavior was being met but in terms of like fear like, how do you tell if a fly is afraid? It's mm. not like you Maybe can... you have to listen to it, like have a really super, supersonic microphone. In and it. it's going, help me! Help me! <laughs> <laughs> that, that. Oh, and its little eyes it have massive, like, Disney eyes, won't it? Mm. Yes, right, question five. This is a bit of a vague question, because I think there could be crossover, so it's maybe mm-hmm. unfair. But why are insect viruses not usually of concern to humans? So this was, I started looking into kind of safety and hygiene and zoonosis and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and sorry, and the general research was saying we generally don't need to be of concern. So A, because insects get less diseases due to their longer evolution. Okay. 400 million years compared to mammals, 178 million years. Mm -hmm. B, due to the large evolutionary distance between insects and mammals. Uh-huh. C, insects don't usually have the physiological or biological characteristics to transmit disease to humans, such as breathing out virus particles all over you. Um, <laughs> or D, 
because we currently don't farm them. Okay. I, I feel like B and C feel similar, but okay, I'm definitely between B and C. I guess when you said B, that was the, I thought, uh huh, yeah, that sounds right. But that, I'm going to say B. I'm going to say B. Yes, you're right. It is. Hey. Um, but I think, I think they're probably. You don't have to sound so disappointed when I get things <laughs> right. Come on, we're buddies. Yeah, but I don't like to lose. And I've lost like every. <laughs> no, every you episode. won last time. Didn't we draw? No, uh, we did yes. draw, but then I gave yeah. you a bonus question and then you won. Yeah, but we count that as you winning. Okay, fine. <laughs> Feels like a little bit of a charity prize. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, due to the large phylogenetic distance between insects and mammals, supposedly insect pathogens aren't usually able to infect humans. Mm. Um, but I, I spent a little bit of time looking at this, but not long enough to fully work it out because I th- thought there's lots of diseases that get passed through insects. So I don't know. Like right. Malaria. Like, uh, yeah. Mm. And also uh, the bubonic plague right yeah but i don't know whether that's i I guess i don't understand the virology of it well Mm. enough it definitely seems to be talking about it being more that any pathogenic transmission is microbial contamination as opposed to so maybe more the insect itself being contaminated rather than actually having the Mm. disease i mean that feels like splitting hairs a little bit right yeah, kind of. But it's, it's, it seemed to be saying that, like, with good hygienic handling of farmed insects and ensuring there's kind of, like, not crossover between wild insects and farmed insects, you can ensure the food safety because as long as you've not got that contamination, they're therefore unlikely to be able to pass on anything, like, zoon- no zoonotic transmission. Yeah, but- and I guess, I mean, like, malaria and bubonic plagues, as far as I'm aware, they're spread by insect bites, not by eating insects, so it's a different thing. Well, that- Hmm. Wouldn't that suggest if it's coming through the bite though? That's something that's within it. Surely that's, that's some, but I suppose it's not I, something that's in, yeah. It's not something I genuinely that's have no idea. Yeah, exactly. It's something it's carrying. Yes, I don't know. Mm. I, I yeah. I felt I thought it was interesting, but I yeah. May, maybe someone else can tell us. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. may, maybe somebody that's an expert in insects will please will reach out to, to us <laughs> on <laughs> our <laughs> socials, which yeah. we will share. <laughs> at a later date once we've set them up <laughs> they'll probably be in the outro which we'll record later anyway um, but yeah I, th- I thought it was interesting that supposedly they it's difficult for them to pass on the pathogens but I yeah i mean like big that, question mark there see that would have been my if you had just said to me true or false insects are not very likely to pass on pathogens i would have said true yeah that they're not. And then once you mentioned malaria, and then I thought of the bubonic plague, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and also cockroaches and stuff, I think, can be disease vectors. Mm. I don't know. But I don't know whether that's well because they, because of what they eat as well. Mm. They eat some pretty nasty stuff and if they're <laughs> kind of carrying what they're eating. Like the main risk, from what I could tell, associated with entomophagy was A, allergic reactions because of their similarity to things like mollusks. Um, mm. And then contaminants, including things like heavy metals, like bioaccumulation of heavy metals, which mm. I thought was interesting. Again, um, I'm assuming that's like because of their diet. I, I think so. I read a really depth, interesting but... thing about pesticides. Yeah. Cockroaches, I think this is German cockroaches, which uh, they have various names, but I think that's like the main common name for them, German cockroaches. Mm. They have evolved or adapted to dislike the taste of glucose because a lot of the poison that was being used to kill them used like sugar as a bait 
Right, that's interesting. Mm. Doesn't work with snails, does it? They go straight for... <laughs> and wasps. <laughs> they like beer, right? They like beer, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Supposedly. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. I mean, cockroaches, cockroaches are... are... Like some of the oldest insects, aren't they? Yeah, and they're amazing, yeah. like... Pretty skilled at evolution. Yeah, they're really, they're really impressive. I think in a lot of ways, even though they totally, yeah, no, they gross me out. Don't get me wrong, but they're still kind of fascinating. Um, All right, so how am I doing? That's that's five questions, right? Yeah, you've got four out of five. (laughs) Well done. Yay! (laughs) Well. Like I said, we already know that you're going to get at least one of these. Unless... I have to do. I hope, I hope you do. <laughs> now you've said this. <laughs> oh, you got it. You got it. All right. Go on then. Yeah, so I've come up with my five questions and then I've also made a list of a few other references that I found. Now, what was kind of interesting in the process of doing this research, and I will say like I focused mainly, mainly not mainly, mainly <laughs> on, uh, on Western media, but like pretty much all the instances of entomophagy I could find in Western media were people eating insects either out of desperation or unknowingly, like being kind of tricked into it or whatever. Um, Almost all the time. So there are very few examples in Western media that I could find of people willingly eating insects there are maybe a couple of counterexamples which i can bring up but on the whole it's very much framed as being like this undesirable thing yeah so it feels like that messaging has quite a long way to go if we are to kind of convince people in the west to to start eating insects for fun you know for for a nice snack (laughs) for a laugh for a laugh (laughs) all right so question one true or false Roald Dahl's Revolting Recipes contains a recipe for worm spaghetti. What's it in? Is it in George's Marvelous Medicine? It's, well, I'll tell you once you... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it might not be in anything. (laughs) But the Revolting Recipes is like a... Oh, the toy. A collection... Yes. Imagine being the toy. It's like a collection of various recipes from different things. So they've got like the pea soup from the witches and there's a few things from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Did you you really like the witches? Yeah. I used to find it really terrifying. Oh yeah, I found it scary, but like I liked it. It was one of the ones I had on audiobook. Um, I had the witches and Matilda were the two main ones. Oh, I used to love Matilda. Yeah, I liked Matilda as well. Um, BFG. BFG Oh yeah, BFG, I had that too. I had quite a few rolled dolls on audiobook and that was the main way that I consumed them although I did read quite a few as well and obviously there were movies but yeah Matilda and the Witches were the two big ones that I used to listen to all the time and the BFG uh, was another one that I had yeah I think George's Marvelous Medicine was one of my favorites of the ones that I read though mm, yeah I'm pretty sure I read George's Marvelous Medicine and I remember it being fun but I can't really remember any details so I guess I must have been quite young <laughs> um I'm gonna go for true Yay, well done. You're right, yes. And you were right, it's from yes, the Twits. Yes. It is from the Twits, and that's another example of somebody unwillingly eating insects because... Or, well, invertebrates, sorry. So I have I have included worms in this. Okay. I, I know that in yours... Borderline. You, well, they're invertebrates, and uh, anyway. But yeah, so Mrs. Twit fools Mr. Twit into eating the worms, telling him that they're spaghetti. That kind of picture. We, we've got a copy <laughs> of the Twits in French, and I, I can't oh, cool. understand it, but... <laughs> Funnily enough, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I used to. Wash I used to have. 
is it still twits or is, that, is it like the french word i, th- I think i think it has got a different different title but i'll double check but yeah i used to have revolting recipes when i was a kid i don't know if i i seem to have a vague memory of trying to make the pea soup but i think that's the only one i actually tried to do but that's um, pro- probably the most sensible one yeah well that there were some really cool ones there was like one that was like um an ice cream inside like a meringue nest or something that always mm. the idea of it always totally fascinated me but i don't think i ever actually got around to doing it or like was encouraged to do it by my parents for whatever <laughs> reason don't know why and then i think they also had the chocolate cake from matilda the uh, bruce bogtrotter cake and yeah. all kinds of stuff like that right Question two. Now, I did say if you could manage it, um, I would recommend watching Snowpiercer, but I'm assuming you didn't mm. get... I'm hoping that we watched the right one. We watch... It's not a film, is it? It's a series. Oh, right. yeah, no, sorry. I sh- yeah, I should have been... <laughs> I should have been more clear. So there is a series on Netflix. I was talking about the movie. I haven't seen the series, but there's probably a lot of stuff in was common. It, was it on Netflix? Because it was... It should be, I think. On Netflix. Huh. Oh, the, the film is not on Netflix, no. Right, okay. That'll yes. be why, because it was the only one that was on Netflix. I did... I know, but I said I didn't think it was streaming uh, right now. Uh, right, okay. Well, we, we, we watched a series, which was interesting. The whole thing! Oh no no we we watched the first one. Oh right. Um, okay. And it was it was really really interesting. Yeah. Um, there wasn't any insects but I could imagine it would go that way. So um, the the film is great. Obviously it's It was uh, really gory though. Yeah. Yeah, the film is too. Um, obviously the film is Bong Joon-ho who directed Okja as well. It's really good. I haven't seen the series so I couldn't mm, make a comparison and I apologise for that miscommunication. <laughs> but uh, well, but yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. I should get around to watching that show. I'm, su- I'm sure that there's a huge amount of crossover but probably they're just like, you know, teasing certain is, things is this exa- are, are they based on the same concept? What, yeah, what yeah. Um, so the, the, the film train. is based on a graphic novel i think the show is kind of more based on the film than on the graphic novel but it has like different actors and different characters and stuff and i think it's mm. like a prequel maybe to the film like it's set before okay. i don't know it, it, it seemed yeah. like a really interesting concept so yeah I'm definitely kind of to watch more but also it's it was pretty grim at the same time and you know that's not always my thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um the film is super interesting you might find it quite hard going but i think you'd mm. also find it really really interesting because there's a lot of like fascinating concepts in it so this question relates to the movie of <sighs> snowpiercer Gary. Okay, so the insects shown being used as a food source in Snowpiercer are A. Cockroaches, B. Crickets, and C. Mealworm. Or C. Mealworms. Well, it could be any of those. They're all valid, edible insects. Um, is it quite dystopian? Yes. I imagine that if, if it's like the series... I would lean towards cockroaches because they have probably the most negative connotations. And if it's supporting that negative perception of consuming insects, then cockroaches are probably the most alarming, I can imagine. Whereas mealworms, they they could just be like wriggly spaghetti. (laughs) Like you could imagine eating them a little bit more easily, perhaps. And crickets, they're kind of somewhere in between. I'm going to go for cockroaches. Is that your final answer? (sighs) If it's right, it's it's my final answer. If it's wrong, it's not my final answer. <laughs> I want another In that case, you're right. It is. It's cockroaches. Yes! Well yes, done. Two, two for two. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so it's actually really hard to tell in the shot from the movie. And to my eyes, it actually looked like a bunch of different insects. 
But according to the script, it is cockroaches. Okay. Now, I saw something online that I could not substantiate, (sighs) which said that the cockroaches in the movie are European cockroaches, which are not used as a food source because Mm. they have some kind of, I don't know, they have some kind of gland that, like, secretes something that makes them taste really bad. Now, I could not find any evidence to back this up whatsoever, so it may or may not be true. But I thought I would the, just drop the, that in um, just in case. The, the stink bugs that I was mentioning earlier, um, mm. apparently they're traditionally consumed in South Africa and they, they have scent glands which are usually removed before they're eaten. But they're not removed. Apparently they taste like chilies. Oh, yeah, I was mm. going to say, you know, I was wondering, like with bees and wasps and stuff, whether it has that same kind of... Because... I, the the, the spiciness in chilies is basically like a very low dose of a poison, isn't it? Uh, Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, what is it? Is it capacin or something like that? Yeah, that sounds right. I read that ants tend to have a citrusy flavour. Hmm. Um, so, in fact, there's a, I kind of was looking for more unusual bug foods, um, and there's a company called the Nordic Food Lab, which made something called Antigen, which <laughs> utilised wood ants to. Um, produce a bug-based gin infusion and that sounded oh, quite interesting cool. i feel like i've heard of them actually do you remember when we went to there was a place we used to go go out drinking cocktails in uh, it was like in the lace cocktail. market no is it upstairs it near, near the alley, alley cafe and they had hmm. kind of like a traditional tequila i think with with oh yeah they had the worm in it or something um, yeah i don't know whether it was a worm or is it i'm sure it's something more specific <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah. i was never a tequila fan really but i know there are a lot of like th- isn't there like a famous tequila with a toe in it or something oh what really? <laughs> yeah i think oh, so gross yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and it's a really old toe as well it's like pr- been preserved i'm sure oh. i read this anyway and anyone oh <laughs> and people drink that i think yeah. i think it's like it's not like a mass-produced thing or anything it's just like one bottle that's somewhere and it's like a tourist Whose thing toe is it i think it's maybe like some canadian trapper or something who lost it to frostbite although i might be completely making that up oh, i'm this totally is this well, feels like it's for a different episode okay <laughs> <laughs> you brought up tequila anyway i didn't bring up toes <laughs> We were talking about insects, not severed body parts. <laughs> back to insects. Back right, to yes, insects. Back to insects, please. So, which of Maybe the following... Maybe you just need to reframe it. If you reframe insects versus body parts, it suddenly seems much more appealing. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> anyway, question three. Which of the following is not a recipe in the Vault Dweller's official cookbook, a tie-in with the Fallout series of video games? So, Fallout video games, it's a post-nuclear war wasteland uh, a lot of the animals uh, flora and fauna have been irradiated and mutated and stuff uh, and there are a lot of fun recipes in the game this is a tie-in cookbook and one of these is not in there so a rad scorpion on croute b baked bloatfly c mutant mantis masala or D, rad roach risotto. Hmm. So we've got scorpion, bloatfly, mutant. What? Wait, mutant. What was? Mantis. Mutant mantis. And what was in the risotto? Rad roach. Rad roach. Hmm. So, post nuclear war. Now, most of the ones you just said were more meal based, such as baked bloatfly 
Brad Risotto. Whereas Mutant Mantis, was was that all you said? Mutant Mantis? Mutant Mantis Masala. Oh, okay, that was a bit of a mess. Oh, it could be any of them. I have no idea. I'm leaning towards Mantis. I've not read much about Mantises being eaten, but then again, it's a video game, so <laughs> maybe not following reality. Um, but then again, risotto doesn't sound like the kind of thing you'd bother making if you're in a post-apocalyptic society. It's probably too much effort, and you probably can't get any parmesan. I'm going to go for the risotto. <gasps> no way! Is that oh, right? Three for three! <gasps> yes! Hell yeah! And you're probably going to get question four, so do well. Ooh. So it was indeed Radroach Risotto that was the odd one out. I don't think Mutant Mantis Masala is actually a recipe in the video game, but it appears to be in the cookbook. Uh, I'm not mm. even sure Rad Scorpion on Crute is in the game. I don't remember that. Baked Bloatfly is definitely in there. Radroaches are a real animal in the game, but Radroach Risotto is not a real food <sighs> That was lucky then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the rad roaches, if my memory serves me, are the only ones that aren't like gigantic. So all the other insects are much larger than they would be in reality. Whereas Mm. I think the rad roaches are still basically cockroach sized or only slightly larger. I think they're like still kind of steppable on. Maybe that, no, maybe they're a bit bigger, but they're not like huge like the others are. Uh, I remember playing video game when i was looking i think it might have been like a video arcade where you had to stamp on bugs Mm -hmm. and it it was like a kind of i suppose like a dance mat sort of style with big so so we used to go to northumberland when i was when i was little with my grandma and we'd occasionally go to this big arcade thing that was there and there was this spider game where you had to these lights on the floor would light up and you had to jump on them and stamp on them and you were stamping spiders which retrospectively wasn't very nice but i used to really like it that kind of sounds like something that would be in Starship Troopers. Is like part of their state propaganda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where in Northumberland was it? I can't remember exactly anymore, but it was. we used to go visit my grandma's friends in Berwick-upon-Tweed. Ooh. So I guess it was fairly close to that. Yeah, it's a film festival uh, in Berwick-upon-Tweed. Now, yeah. I don't know if there would have... I, I think it's relatively new, so it probably wasn't there at the time. But yeah, there is one. It's called Berwick Film and Media Arts Festival, I believe. Mm. We've uh, had a talk from a couple of people who work for, for it. That's right on the border, though. It's right up there by that Scotland. <laughs> Quite far from it's me. cold up there. <laughs> cold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, okay, question four. True or yeah. false? Locusts are considered kosher according to Jewish dietary law. Uh, I didn't read that bit, but I saw it, which is annoying. Okay, but remember what you said. Mm. You should be able to figure it out. Did you you say locusts? Locusts. Okay, I'm going to say it's okay because it seemed to be alright in all the other religions. I'm not (laughs) quite sure why. (laughs) Wait, so you're saying they are kosher? Yes. Well, you're right. It's true. Oh, is that is that a bad logic? No, but I mean, but, uh, weren't you talking about, like, the Gospel of Mark or something? I mean, he would have been Jewish, right? I don't know. <laughs> well, Christianity didn't emerge as a religion until after the death of Christ. They were all Jewish guys, I guess, right? They would have been kosher. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Well, I'm no theologian. <laughs> <laughs> There's like contradictions within each text, isn't there? Well, yeah, but you know, I mean, but I got it right. Yes, four <laughs> you points. did. <laughs> Woo! 
Um, yes. We're so, drawing. So locusts are considered kosher according to Jewish dietary law, although it kind of varies between traditions. Most insects are not kosher. It seems that I not all... why. Well, why those particular ones? I think, well, there is some speculation that it's basically because locust infestations would wipe out your crops. So when locusts were abundant, other food sources probably weren't. I think is essentially so it was to stop people from starving I think essentially is the idea behind it I think not all species of locusts are kosher and it does really vary between traditions but I think particularly in Yemen it seems to be traditional for locusts to be or certain species of locusts to be considered kosher so yeah all right question five true or false in 2019 I'm a celebrity get me out of here banned the eating of live invertebrates on their show can't say I've watched that. <laughs> no. Well, at least not for many years. You know, they had that bush tucker. <laughs> bush tucker. Uh-huh. Bush tucker. Bush I can't talk. <laughs> I've gone all northern. Bush, bush, uh, bush tucker. Bush tucker challenge. Do you remember that? I remember... Well, you had to... I think I remember watching was involved kangaroo parts. Mm, that's one of them, yeah. Mm. I can kind of imagine it being them being pressurised for ethical reasons to stop, but also, do do people, I guess, generally care enough and think that they're animals, or do they think that they're just pests? I'm going to go for true. Hey! Oh my god! Yes! Five oh out god. of five. Woo-hoo. What? Yes, that means we've won. We don't Boo. have to do this ever again. Now Boo. I <laughs> yes it is true uh as a response to complaints from animal welfare advocates oh, okay. including chris packham or as right. the metro article that i read about this referred to him chris pacman <laughs> right <laughs> that I sounds think, reliable <laughs> i think that was a mistake yeah so apparently in uh, 2019 they decided i think they still ate insects but they just weren't alive or invertebrates rather there had been That's complaints i believe I, I can i can imagine complaints from animal welfare activist mm. i'm thinking that i'm kind of assuming that if you're not vegetarian or you don't view insects as a animal in a way and as a do you know what i mean mm. i don't <laughs> know i mean I, less but then actually seeing it might make you feel differently than i mean oh I, I mean, I, I've never watched one of those. I just, I don't know if I could bring myself to, but I feel like it would be a really upsetting thing to watch. So maybe mm. it would kind of make people feel differently about it than they might have done in the abstract. And also yeah. maybe just people were grossed out by it and they, you know, didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, it could be that. <laughs> so a few other things that I found, I mean, you know, there's there's a ton of examples, but stuff that I was kind of vaguely familiar with and the more famous stuff. There is there is a bit in um, Blackadder the Second where uh, Blackadder's doctor tells him to eat leeches and Baldrick comes in. Leeches really creep me out. They scare me. Le- le- leeches and ticks, things that sort of suck on you. Ugh. Yeah, I don't, I don't love them. But, um, but yeah, so uh, Blackadder eats leeches and then Baldrick comes in and uh, thinks he's kind of been reduced to it out of hunger or whatever and offers to share the juicy spider that he's been saving 
there's the Galaxy... I rewatched Galaxy Quest recently. I love that movie. And uh, in Galaxy Quest, there's a race of aliens who believe that the Star Trek-like show is a documentary. And they kind of... They convince all of the actors to come and help them with their, their war. And uh, one of the actors plays an alien. So they feed mm. him Kepmok blood ticks. <laughs> but obviously he's just an actor in makeup. So he has to like... <laughs> Oh, thanks a lot. There's a scene in The Emperor's New Groove where there are some pill bugs being served in a diner, which Mm. actually, I did watch that movie relatively recently and I totally forgotten about that, but it kind of rings a bell now. Is is he a llama, though, in The Emperor's New Groove? He is a llama. Well, he's an emperor, (laughs) (laughs) but he gets turned into a llama. Oh, okay. Because he's he's supposed to get poisoned, but he drinks llama potion by accident instead. And then he gets turned into a llama, and then he meets John Goodman, and they go to a diner. I forget exactly (laughs) how it all pans out, but anyway. There's a thing in... Oh yeah, of course, the Crocodile Dundee thing, where she, you know, she's out with him in the bush, and he kind of shows her all the insects that you can eat. Mm-hmm. And she goes like, "You eat that," and he's like, mm-hmm. "Well, you can live on it." And then he gets out like a can of beans or whatever. And then later on, when he comes to see her in New York, you know, she buys him a hot dog, and he goes, "You eat that?" And she goes, mm-hmm. "Well, you can live on it." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, debatable. <laughs> uh, I like that movie. It's problematic, but still, there's a, there's a lot to love about it. Speaking of problematic, in, I think it's the second Indiana Jones movie, there's a whole thing about them being served various disgusting foods, including steamed beetles. And apparently the intent Mm. behind it is that the hosts, I think the hosts are Indian, and they want to get rid of them. So they're trying to, like, serve them intentionally disgusting food to make them leave. Uh, But I think it didn't really come across that way, and it just seemed like it was saying, oh, Indians eat gross food, I think. So I think it was then banned in India, or... Or that scene was cut out or something because it was just really badly communicated that that was the intent behind it. Yeah. But again, like most of these are people eating insects either out of desperation or by accident, you know. Did you look at any non-Western well, media at all? Well, I couldn't really, I couldn't find anything. I mean, obviously Snowpiercer is uh, directed mm. by Bong Joon-ho, who's uh, South Korean. I think the thing, I couldn't find anything particularly. Mm. I suppose in a culture where it's completely normal, it wouldn't be a plot point. That's true. So... But you'd think it would crop up in those realist scenes you'd think it would crop up somewhere possibly but i suppose it would be like somebody eating a cheese sandwich it's kind of like it might not be notable if you see what i mean like i couldn't find anything particularly and i think because it would just be kind of taken for granted in a culture where that was totally normalized and i suppose also if you think about it like a lot of those places where where it is just totally culturally acceptable they're more likely to be poor and they're less likely to have a film industry china obviously does have a film industry increasingly but i suppose maybe they would want their films to be more accessible to western audiences so they wouldn't include stuff that they might think was off-putting i don't know have you noticed any change at all in the depiction and representation of insects in literature and the media is, is does it look like it's becoming more open to it huh. 
I mm, I think that in things like travel shows or exotic food shows, stuff like that, I think you're starting to see things. And I did actually see that there was an episode of CSINY or something where there was, they talked about a food fair where people ate insects. And I think one of the characters did eat the insects and thought it was good. But the the thing is with those really long running procedural shows is that they they run out of material. They pretty much like do absolutely everything. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's really like indicative of a wider cultural shift or if it's just kind of the nature of that kind of show. Not really i i i haven't seen much evidence of positive depictions of it beyond travel shows and like i say this one episode of csi do you think in terms of given that some of the biggest impacts we have as in our daily lives for helping with climate change or addressing climate change is to eat less meat and dairy Mm. travel less use less heating less cooling i i'm surprised there's not more support for that across media and films and kind of popular culture Mm. you'd think that it would be sort of trying to feed through to make these uh, these ideals seem more attractive i suppose well yeah but you have to think i mean the entertainment industry is quite conservative i don't mean I mean, conservative with a small c, in the Mm. sense that, yes, it tends to have liberal values, but also, generally, they're trying to appeal to as wide an audience as they can. Even if it's a niche show, they still want to attract a decent audience. So, I mean, their main aim is generally not to espouse green values, even if the creators might hold those values. Their main aim is to create something that's going to be popular. So Mm. I think think it's probably going to take more of um like a public service announcement type campaign like a pr campaign to kick that off before the entertainment industry follows suit i would imagine i I read something about designated drivers and how Mm. i think it was a group of researchers came up with the idea of designated drivers essentially it just wasn't a thing but rather than putting out like a kind of a traditional campaign to address drink driving the dangers around it what they did was they got in touch with popular sitcoms such as i think maybe cheers or something like that uh-huh. and asked them to sort of put it in yeah <laughs> and sure. they kind of started popping up like having a designated driver at the bar at cheers and it kind of fed into popular culture and designated drivers became a thing yeah kind of surreptitiously through that route as opposed to it being formal communication in that sense yeah i mean it was quite interesting and that definitely yeah that's that's really interesting and it definitely makes sense i can imagine that being really effective but as you say that was driven by the researchers reaching out to the writers Mm. it wasn't something that originated in the writers room for sure i think that you know creators wouldn't necessarily be averse to that but it's not necessarily something that would come up in a writer's room as like hey, we're trying to make, you know, like, they're not necessarily trying to make a social impact. I mean, Mm. sometimes they'll do, like, issues episodes, but it's usually something that's a lot more zeitgeisty, you know? Something that's already part of the conversation, rather than starting a conversation about something that most people aren't really thinking about. Do you think most people aren't thinking about this kind of thing? 
Is about it just eating us? insects? <laughs> but no, well, just general. What What do I do about the environment? What do I? What's the best thing I can do? Honestly, what should I be thinking about? I think fewer people than we might hope are actively think? thinking about that. I think I'm probably in a bubble because I'm surrounded mm. by people that do think about that, and I read a lot of things about it. So I I can quite imagine I'm in a bubble expecting more people to be thinking about this than than maybe they are but I'd, I'd like to think they are i do want to super quickly talk about two more things that i found yeah, so in terms of positive depictions of insect eating in western media there are two but they're not recent okay hmm. the lion king and the jungle book right mm. In both of those, people eat insects. Well, in The Lion King, it's not people. But, you know, it's an anthropomorphized animal protagonist eating uh, eating insects. In The That's Jungle actually, Book... He, was, he starts off by going, yuck, doesn't he? And but then, then he gets into it. And I, actually, I feel like the way the insects are drawn is actually quite appetizing. Like, they look really big and juicy, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in The Jungle Book, of course, um, there's eating ants. Uh, yeah. So... Huh. Uh, that's interesting isn't it it is and i suppose you know in both of those cases in the jungle book obviously it is a human protagonist but he's been raised in the jungle by animals in the lion king it is a non-human protagonist and there aren't any humans in that movie at all so mm-hmm. it's slightly different and it's slightly removed and also of course one of those is set in asia and one of those is set in africa so mm-hmm. both in like continents where it's a lot more kind of culturally normalized to eat insects in the first place although mm-hmm. whether like the creative team behind those movies was thinking about that i doubt but still so but i thought that was kind of interesting one thing that i thought was super fascinating is that in the elder scrolls and this is just like a fun world building thing that i i thought was really good in the elder scrolls which is like skyrim and the preceding games there's this race called the bosma i think they're the dark elves like the dark wood elves or something i'm sure somebody will correct me but they have this pack they're not allowed to eat plants i think because they hold plants sacred and they have like some kind of with the plant deity or whatever Hmm. so they can only eat meat and fungi but for this reason insects form a big part of their diet and i thought that was such an interesting world building thing because it's so opposite of how elves are usually depicted as being like you know vegetarians and uh, an interesting twist like if you do start thinking about plants as being something that you shouldn't be eating and harming then You're screwed, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's Mm. the thing in the BFG, right? Is where he's kind of like, oh, carrots scream when you pull them out of the ground, which which was an anti-vegetarian argument for a long time. There was actually in forest fields in Nottingham, where I grew up. Oh, the screaming carrot. The screaming carrot, the vegan shop. (laughs) Yeah, which was a reference to that, kind of joking reference to that. And of course, it's not, true carrots don't feel pain <laughs> that we know, we know of yeah. <laughs> well anyway but, well, maybe that's a discussion that's for another day <laughs> but yeah no i just thought it was a really interesting kind of uh, world building thing that uh, i thought i wanted to just mention at the end there all right well that's it folks from us about the eating <sighs> we'll record Bunch. the outro separately yeah, <laughs> Hey, it's me again. 
Uh, Ashley went to Italy on holiday for three weeks. Must be nice. Uh, I did tell her that she could record the outro on like a voice memo and send it to me, but she said she drank too much limoncello to do that. So here we are. As always, you can email us at themoscale at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at themoscale. That's T-H-E-M-O-H-S-S-C-A-L-E. Yeah, that's right. And uh, please like, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, keep on rocking. All right, bye.